This is episode 37 of the Untangled Faith podcast. In today's episode, I am joined by Heather Folk, who was actually with me in the very first episode, and we share funny church stories or church-adjacent stories, because we are in desperate need of a laugh. Can you explain what a Jericho march is? So the premise was that much like in the Old Testament, when Joshua marched around whatever city, I don't remember the name of the city. Do you know the name? Jericho. Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) Every elder should be. (laughs) Ethan has not done much evangelism lately. (laughs) This is Amy Fritz. And you're listening to Untangled Faith, a podcast for anyone who has found themselves confused or disillusioned in their faith journey. If you want to hold on to your faith while untangling it from all the things that are not good and true, this is the place for you. After finishing up the series on grief, I really wanted something lighthearted. So I asked for some funny content or church-related stories from listeners, and I scoured the internet for some content. But I knew I couldn't do an episode like this on my own. I needed someone to interact with. I needed someone who regularly makes me laugh. And that's why my friend Heather Folk is joining me today. I hope you're in the mood to laugh because we laugh a lot in this episode. Thanks for having me. So after having a whole season now of grief, I'm going to make people laugh. Hopefully it's going to be fun or maybe it'll be terrible. I I mean, who's to know? I have had a couple people submit some stories I'm going to read that you have not seen. So you're going to respond appropriately, like with (laughs) gales of laughter and and, uh, emphasis on appropriately. So So we are going to share our own stories if we have any. (laughs) I know you've been thinking and studying for this moment. I have praying fervently. I I thought I'd tell you a little story that I don't think you have heard. It is a family classic in the Fritz family. It involves when our children were young and this is how it goes often. (laughs) You know, you can't control what your kids say or do at church. I feel like there's a lot of funny things that happen during children's story time at the front of the church where they have the kids go up front. This is not one of those times. This was a (laughs) special edition, a special Sunday every year. Our church would invite the Minnesota teen challenge choir to come and sing. Have you experienced that at no, that's lovely though. Okay. No. It's this lovely organization where, you know, at-risk kids will get diverted to this residential place instead of like going to jail where they actually get to learn about Jesus and they get to learn other skills and um, they have really great outcomes for the people that go through that. And they also have a choir. So they had came, they came to our church and this is in Minnesota and the director was asking a question to all of the choir members. And, and the director says, who here, you know, and he's like, got his hand raised. Like you're going to raise your hand. 
who here would be dead or in jail within like a couple years if it wasn't for Minnesota Teen Challenge? My kids raised their hands. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> I'm going to have to give them grief about that. That's hilarious. So, I mean, Isaac was just a baby. He was probably in the nursery. I know Ethan had his hand raised. Probably Audrey did too. <laughs> this would be like 2010, probably. Oh my gosh. Oh man. That's amazing. Ethan and Audrey were probably four and a half and three. So thanks to Minnesota Teen Teen Challenge. I did not see it going that that direction. That was a great out of the gate story. I appreciated (laughs) that. All right. Tell me, tell me a tell me a funny church story that either has happened to your family personally or one that you have heard about. Something that'll make us laugh. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I feel like I can't top that story now. Oh, you can. And- you can. <laughs> I, I want to laugh. Like and so I'm going to laugh. Okay. I'm going to tell you when I haven't told you before. If we're, since we're talking about kids. I'll end this okay. Do we need over. to like put a disclaimer on this? Is this like PG 13 PG? Everything is like above board. I okay. Promise. Good. Okay. <laughs> well, I do have one story that could maybe be PG, but this, okay. this is this the safe. one. Is this safe for grandparents to listen to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally safe. So for privacy reasons, I am redacting this child's name. Has and continues to be terrified of vomit. Like terrified. She will (laughs) laughing. (laughs) And she was probably maybe four. Like I can see her in my brain, but I don't know what age she was, but probably around four. And I was leading worship because that's what I did back in the day. We went to this church that gave time for worship. It wasn't sort of see where the Holy Spirit was leading. And we had just had a particularly beautiful moment. And it was kind of quiet because my pastor would sometimes wait to come up for the segue because, you know, just kind of seeing what was going to happen. And my beautiful four-year-old runs down the aisle screaming, she's puking, she's <laughs> because the little girl in the back had like spit milk out of her mouth and it was convinced that she was vomiting everywhere and she was running to me the worship leader in this beautiful moment to save her from the milk vomiting monster in the back that was an embarrassing moment okay oh. this one is not so pg <laughs> Okay. This is also the girl that drew an anatomically correct. Well, it wasn't very anatomically correct, but she attempted to draw an anatomically correct stick figure and showed it to my male worship leader counterpart in the middle of worship. (laughs) And he was like, oh, nice. What inspired that? I have no idea. I've done tears now. That's so what funny. kind of sermon would that would be like? We're all talking about the parts of the body of Christ. <laughs> no, this was that one was pre. <laughs> I can't even go there. That's so funny. <laughs> that one was pre-sermon, so it was worship practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So you know, she was a fun child. She's still a fun child. Did you ever do? Have your kids do Awana? Are you do Awana? Mm-mm. Okay, this is like a kid's Bible memory, like Bible program, Wednesday night, usually sort of thing. It's awesome. 
our kids started again at this sweet church in Minnesota that we attended before we moved to, to Tennessee. And, um, I think, you know, Audrey was in the littlest group. They called them puggles, which is, it doesn't have to do with the dog puggles. They were like <laughs> something it. else. They were, it, cause they were like cubbies, Awana cubbies. They're like bears, but, but they were little, she was like in the little preschool program, toddler program. Ethan was more advanced. He was like, he was an Awana <laughs> cubby. He, he was, and I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm thinking again, this is probably like 2010 and Ethan was born in 2006. He's like four or five years old and they're learning about Jesus and salvation and all the things. So we are driving home and they're back in the back seat in their little car seats, as sweet as can be. And Ethan's like, Hey, Audrey, do you love Jesus and, and want to follow him and go to heaven? And Audrey's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> She's like probably three or four years old. And Ethan's like, oh, mom, Audrey, Audrey doesn't want to talk about it. Like Audrey, Audrey, if you don't love Jesus and want to follow him, you're going to go to hell and you are never going to be able to sit down. <laughs> she's the fire and all. <laughs> she's stubborn. Audrey says, I don't, I want to go to grandpa's. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Ethan was distraught. He's oh, so buddy. worried for the salvation and eternal, you know, life hereafter for his yeah. baby sister. <laughs> It was so sweet. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Ethan has not done much evangelism lately. (laughs) He's not like, hey, you're going to go to hell and you're never going to be able to sit down. I don't know how that's, you know, according to, and for Audrey, I mean, she must have just figured going to grandpa's house was pretty much where it was at. I mean, why would you want to go to heaven when you can go to grandpa's? Oh my gosh. All right. What else you got for me? So I'm trying to think of the best ones. So you grew up in a really charismatic church environment. (laughs) I have got to believe that you have some stories to tell. We're not mocking any church denomination, by the way. It's just every church is quirky. They have their moments. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm certainly not mocking. So, well, we had, we had several like odd things that we had happened to us when we were growing up. So I've been thinking about this all week because you asked me about it. Over the course of the time of Heather and I sharing stories, she told several stories of her experience growing up in a charismatic denomination. And one of those things that was very particular to her denomination um, that I didn't experience was the idea of doing a Jericho march. So I had to ask her to define this because I'm pretty sure not everyone knows what a Jericho march is. Can you explain what a Jericho march is? So the premise was that much like in the Old Testament, when Joshua marched around whatever city, I don't remember the name of the city. Do you know the name? Jericho. Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That one. After seven times of marching around said city, that the walls would fall and they would take the city, right? And so the idea was that if they marched around the orange carpeted sanctuary with the Holy Spirit dove descending in the stained glass, 
How would you know if it worked? I don't know how you would know. In this situation with Heather's former church, the church was dealing with a, a disagreement over how they had handled a personnel issue. I did not stay for said Jericho March. I just was, but I just had a fundamental problem with taking something that was really concrete, like people being upset over things and making it spiritual. Like this is a spiritual thing, but no, it's like a real issue that you just got to hammer through. Like you got to work through it. It's not spiritual. Yeah. We're good at doing that in the church. That's one of our superpowers. (laughs) We're going to make it a spiritual thing when it probably isn't. (laughs) You know that joke that people are like, Hey, so what is gray has a bushy tail and it stores nuts for winter. And the kid's like, I think it's a squirrel, but I'm pretty sure the answer is Jesus. <laughs> the answer is Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Jesus is the answer. It's always the answer. Jesus, Jesus is always the answer. Yeah. So just our luck. Um, yeah. Ed Stetzer posted on Twitter today, asking pastors and church leaders their most embarrassing baptism experience. So I should read a couple of them. All right. So the first one, this is from Micah fries. He said, way, way overheated the water quickly told the worship <laughs> pastor to sing a couple more songs while we heard hurriedly threw ice into it. <laughs> when the screen was lifted, the baptistry was behind the screen. Steam <laughs> billowed out into the <laughs> sanctuary. <laughs> Looked like a bunch of deacons smoking. <laughs> Bob Smetana replied, hot tub baptisms. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of baptism. Okay. What's another one? <laughs> the senior pastor at the time gave me a pair of waders with small pinholes in the legs. Felt a little warm and wet at first, but the worst was confirmed when I began climbing the stairs to exit the baptismal <laughs> and the water came squirting out of the legs in all directions. <laughs> this somebody said, I should be giving people credit for this. Okay. This is from Kyle Cowdell. My son, nine at the time, did a cannonball into the baptistry. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Shouldn't we all do a cannonball into the baptistry? Yes, that's beautiful. Yes. I mean, how can that's we top awesome. that? Speaking of baptisms, after the infant sprinkling at Presbyterian Church a couple weeks ago, yeah. we were talking about baptism in the car and just the word baptism, Annalise busts out with, Please don't make me take the bath. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. It's okay. And then Solomon says, well, they make us take our clothes off. <laughs> she doesn't want the bath. She's very afraid of the bath. Okay. So here's an embarrassing one. This is a good one. Um, this is from Andrea Holm or Andrea on Twitter. And this is in response when I asked for some stories. So this is somebody that actually knows I was possibly going to use their name. These other people Shout don't out. know. The people that answered Ed have no idea that I'm like, but he did say it was going to be used for an article maybe. So this is Andrea Holm. She says, one Sunday I was chatting with my pastor after service. We were in the common fellowship area and talking about a writing project. That's important. It was a writing project. He asked, how far along are you? We talked about the process for a couple of minutes, and then he moved on to someone else. Meanwhile, a friend had moved to stand very close behind me and quietly asked, did he just ask how far along you are? 
<laughs> are you expecting polite, sincerely prepared to be happy for me? But I've been unpartnered longer than this person has known me. So this misunderstanding <laughs> was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> what oh have we learned God. from this, Heather? Do we ever ask people if they're expecting? No. I would have been like, oh, I'm just about however many months I am into the project. Just ride it for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. She probably would have made the prayer chain if she had. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is from Nancy Marie five, which is also at princess Nancy underscore five. My now husband, Richard, and I were walking into the church when the priest said, it's Bob, right? And I replied, oh, that was the last one. Really, it was, but I'm pretty sure he had never met him. (laughs) Oops, wrong husband. And then she said, when we were opening wedding cards, one from my aunt and uncle said Nancy and Robert. And then Robert was crossed out and replaced with Richard. (laughs) She did it with the check, too. It said, now, wouldn't you have been embarrassed and just send a new card? and check later again they'd never met bob 26 years later we still joke about it oh she says oops 16 years and p.s he used to always call me karen too good thing he wasn't the one who married us would have confused everyone (laughs) he has the wrong name he has the wrong name oh my god could that marriage even be right like if he used like the wrong names like i now pronounce karen and Bob and Nancy and Richard. I don't know. It depends on the written written form of things. Our pastor, yeah. when John and I got married, didn't sign our marriage certificate and left the state. <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, "What am I going to do?" My sister's like, "Have fun." <laughs> we, you <laughs> were living in sin until the pastor got back. And you know me, I'm like a rule follower. So I was like, "Did uh, you postpone your honeymoon?" Uh, no. Separate rooms nope. until the pastor got nope. back. No, no, no. We fornicated. <laughs> I don't even know how else you say that. <laughs> You'll just have to cut that part out. <laughs> I legit though was like, you know, purity culture. Like it was like drilled, right? And so I legit was like, can I not have a honeymoon tonight? But then like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So we mailed it to him, and then he signed it, and it's fine. <laughs> And it was terrifying because this is my youth pastor who like drilled purity culture. So I'm like testing you to see if you were going to follow Jesus. I did not. I guess. You chose your <laughs> so hard. We're going to cut this whole thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a good story though. I'm just saying. Oh, I, here's another one for you. So I have, uh, well, had my grandfathers have passed away. I was going to tell you about both my grandfathers were very unique in their own way. My maternal grandfather had narcolepsy and you know, that means they fall asleep easily. There used to be back in the day, people that were going to be reading scripture for the service. They'd be sitting up there on the stage. There used to be like a little chair, like the bench. Oh, we had thrones. Oh, a throne. You didn't have thrones. Well, grandpa was up there. Get ready. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa fell asleep. I don't remember what happened next. I'm gonna have to leave you in suspense, but he, he fell did. Off the bench. He fell he asleep. Fallen off the bench. There was probably snoring. I'm gonna have to have my brother chime in on this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, this is sort of church adjacent. This is um, a funeral 
funeral story. Funny funeral story, right? Is that allowed? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So my great-grandmother lived a long life, very full. And so we went to the funeral only there was a new pastor at the church, did not know her, know her very well. And so instead of the pastor sharing stories about grandma Lois, um, we wrote down some memories of her. Like when I say we, I mean, like my grandma and grandpa and my mom and her sister. And so they wrote down the things they remembered and then they gave it to the pastor to read only. I don't know if the pastor couldn't read it very clearly because it wasn't neat. And then he embellished a little, even though he didn't know great grandma Lois. (laughs) (laughs) And so my aunt had written on there. Grandma Lois was a real pool shark. And the pastor gets to that part. And he says, grandma Lois was a real pool shaker. (laughs) 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 And my cousin Bonnie and I were laughing you know how you're trying to hold it in? Like my whole body was shaking. And I think at one moment I just like burst out of me like this guffaw. (laughs) It was, those are good times. So our church had human videos. Did you guys ever do human videos? What is a human video? (laughs) Please tell me. So we would do like interpretations of popular Christian songs and like human video form. So like acted out like a play. Yes. Yes. Like a play to like a Christian song, which was a thing in the denomination I was in at the time, because these were like, so they had a fine arts um, competition and this was a category in the competition, human video. And so I have a dramatic flair, if you didn't know this about me. <laughs> and so I was in the human videos and we did a song. I cannot remember the name of the song for the life of me. But in the human video, I was cast as Satan. My job was to dress all in black and like painted my face black. And the video started with me like standing on a chair with my arms out, kind of like over the scene in front of me. And so we go to debut the human video. It's like the first time we've done it. I have like honed my inner Satan, like nobody's business. Like I'm ready to be Satan. And I'm like in character. My face is ready. The church lights are off because we had like set up in the dark, you know, because they're going to put a spotlight on us. And I'm standing there and they put the spotlight on me because I'm Satan. I'm the beginning. And my mom immediately busts out laughing as loud as she can for like three minutes mom and then I couldn't be Satan after that like I couldn't even take myself seriously also I was super embarrassed but it was like dead quiet and then my mom was like laughing at the top of her lungs for like two minutes you just ruined the whole human video Velma it's true I was painted black and everything like I was ready to be Satan Nope. <laughs> I remember back in the day when they used to let people sing solos more often. Like, <laughs> stop it. I have too many of those. Because <laughs> we had like the different, like, you know how the tapes had the different keys in them? Like, oh, you yeah. Could I was a soul. I was one of those people that, that was you picked the, the wrong solo. key. Oh, no. No. Girl, we had more times than I can count women that didn't rewind their tape the correct way. 
part of their song. <laughs> okay, for you youngsters who don't know, back in the day, we used to buy cassette tapes that were like background tapes that had the accompaniment to our favorite Christian yeah. artist song that we mm-hmm. could perform on a Sunday morning. My favorite was Twyla Paris. Twyla Paris, how beautiful. I was singing that. Twyla. All right. Shout out to you, Twyla. Yeah. Um, She's Danny still alive. Patty, maybe you missed it like I did before I edited this. Heather asked if Twyla Paris was still alive. The answer is yes, Heather. She is 62 years old and she is still very alive. Oh, um, girl. I mean, I couldn't hit the love in any language high notes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So you'd bring your cassette tape and you'd give it to the person that run the sound. And if you were a good person, you would have it queued up right for them. So they would not have to find it and have you just sitting there waiting for them to find the right spot on the tape. Some of these tapes, this is actually a cassette tape. Google it if you've never seen one. (laughs) Um, Where they would have several versions of the song and different keys on it. So you need to make sure you're giving the right one and it's set up on the right key. I don't know. So what did you (laughs) sing in church? Like what, what? Oh, Jackie Velasquez (gasps) on my knees. Sometimes I just want to go to her church down the road just to be like, you don't know how many times I killed on my knees. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy Tricoli. Yes. Um, I don't remember who else I was sang. Like, shine your candle, light your ca- go light the world. Go light your world. Yes. Go light your world. Yes. Point see, of you, grace. I did a lot of point of grace. Those see, but the problem with this is that anybody could go up to the person in charge of the service. You know, and sometimes they had somebody in charge of recruiting people to have a special music, special, special music. They called it. We're going to have special music. Yeah. So they call them my church. Too. The special music. And it'd be like once a month or something. The problem is like, you would have to take somebody's word for it. Like that person mm-hmm. could sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they always, sometimes they could not sing. Sometimes they couldn't sing. And let me tell you what heart, what song is really hard when you can't sing. Mary, did you know? Oh, yes. Mary, did you know is, is a lovely song. It's, it's not an easy song. To sing, yeah. especially I think that key change is happening. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And then you put that sucker in the wrong key, and you really have- yeah, you're oh, in trouble. Special, special music. Somebody had told me the story. They used to always do songs for church, and their mom would be like, "You're so great." And at some point, this person realized that they weren't, and they're like, "Mom, why didn't you tell me?" Why didn't you save me from all of this? Yes. Does your husband sing? Did he ever sing solos, duets, <laughs> choir? He can sing. He was the worship leader for his little um, Pentecostal church for a while. He also did special music. All right. I have a few more funnies for y'all. This is from somebody else. I just got real lucky because Eric Schumacher, who he's a podcast host and he is an author he asked what's the funniest thing your pastor said from the pulpit oh man all right so here's one I don't know if we believe it but I think it's funny when I was a child my grandma bought me children's toys now that I'm an adult my grandma buys me adult toys (laughs) (laughs) please you can sit you can put this next to the fornication story (laughs) (laughs) y'all 
this next story. I was struggling. It took me so long to be able to spit it out because I was laughing so hard. I could not breathe. A pastor I know is explaining the requirements for an elder, all male elder board. Every elder, <laughs> every el- elder should be a one. <laughs> I can't. Why cannot? <laughs> Sorry. Every elder should be oh, oh. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna have to pause this recording so I can use the restroom and come back. Okay. Every elder should be. I can't say it. <laughs> A one-eyed woman. <laughs> Every elder should be a one-eyed woman. What he meant to say, only have eyes for one woman. <laughs> um, I'm crying. I'm just weeping over here. Let's see. Um, oh, my pastor said this. Um, and she says, so the lady who says this, my pastor, my husband, she's the pastor's wife, said, my wife's input is worthless. He was aiming for priceless. <laughs> what else? Oh, okay. So this is from Steve Besner. During the children's sermon, my pastor is trying to explain why people are unique. Why can't you just buy them at the store? You can't just buy them at the store, etc. Pastor says, and why doesn't God want us to treat people like this? And the kid said, because of the civil war, silly. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay, so this person says, it wasn't our pastor, but a pastor in training, referencing places you might meet a spouse. He said, grocery stores or community events or family gatherings. (laughs) (laughs) About 30 seconds later, he stopped mid-sentence and said, wait, not family gatherings. (laughs) Not there. Okay. (laughs) Former youth pastor was teaching on the hall of faith in Hebrews and inadvertently said, Rahab was a prostitute. And if you guys don't know what that is, you can go home and ask your mom. <laughs> this is good times. Um, another person said just today, Tom said something like some of you might be here to find a good looking preacher. Maybe someday you'll get your wish. <laughs> I had a Catholic friend in high school. He's my best friend. I had to cut off some of the audio in this because it didn't record well, but Heather was telling the story of how she and a friend used to switch off attending each other's churches. He was Catholic and Heather's church was a charismatic church. If you've ever been to the charismatic church, you know, things can go a little off script at some points and they refer to this as being led by the Holy spirit. And I don't mean to say that in a way that is mocking. It's just very, very different than Heather's friend's typical experience at his church And after experiencing this several times, he had a suggestion for Heather. And so one night we were driving to youth group because he would go to youth group with me most of the time. Most of the time it was an evening service he'd go to. And I pull into the parking lot and he leans over to me and he said, Heather, we really need to leave before the Holy Spirit gets here. (laughs) My mom, who's like class of Pentecostal, was like, honey, he's already here. Okay, so here's one a pastor said, let me begin by saying happy Easter, everyone. It was Christmas Eve, community carol service. He'd been in position as associate pastor for 12 days. <laughs> See, all right. So this is from Mandy Aldrich. I know Mandy Aldrich. Oh, hi, Mandy. Right, she says, in the middle of the sermon, my little daughter escaped children's church and came wailing through the side door at the front of the sanctuary. 
Luckily, her brother was hot on her heels shouting, Mom, she needs you. (laughs) She says, a two for one. Little blessings. (laughs) One teacher, one pastor said, so many soldiers are being killed in Iraq by IUDs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just the image. <laughs> or how about a pastor that said he sang out, "I believe in miracles" before realizing the next line is, "You sexy thing." <laughs> <laughs> you have enjoyed this episode, even a quarter of how much Heather and I enjoyed recording it. And then I enjoyed editing it. Then I consider this a success. Being able to do something more lighthearted has been really good for my soul. Next week, I will be back with an interview with Mary DeMuth and a conversation with a friend about what it looks like to be misunderstood, especially in the context of somebody who has experienced hurt in their faith community and has chosen to speak out about it. It is going to be a fantastic episode, and I cannot wait for you to listen. This episode is made possible by my membership community. They get special perks like a Discord group and bonus audio. If you're interested, you can check it out at patreon.com slash untangledfaith. I'll have a link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so helpful if you would share it with a friend and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you can't get enough of Untangled Faith, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Untangled Faith. And on Twitter, I am Faith Untangled. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back in your ears next week.